Hello, and welcome to the Bookish Banter Podcast, where we'll be sharing our opinions about our favorite books, authors, and bookish impulse buys. Follow along on our journey to finishing and sharing our endless TBR. Go ahead and subscribe, leave us a review, and follow us on our Instagram and TikTok at the Bookish Banter Podcast. Let's get started. This episode contains spoilers from the entire Bridgerton series by Julia Quinn and the Netflix adaptation Bridgerton. It's good. How are you? I am <laughs> very, I know. very <laughs> excited. I just low. get it out of the way. <laughs> We're a little hesitant sometimes. So I was like, <laughs> it's like, who's going to say hello first? Like, <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I just figured I'd get it out of the way. Anyways, how's it going? Go for it. Uh, it's going well. How's your morning going? Um, it's fine. It's going fine. Yeah. So I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I'm doing good. I feel like it's been a very busy month and I'm like yes. ready for a weekend off and I'm just ready to like start over with April. Well, I guess we're in April, but like, I'm ready to start over this month and like refresh yeah. and just be done. The beginning of April. Yeah. So we're, yeah. This is my okay. first free weekend coming up in like many moons. So I'm just ready for like yeah. some time off. I don't, you've been like every weekend you've been gone. I've only been yeah. out a couple weekends and I'm exhausted. So yeah. Yeah. I have oh. some friends coming into town next week. And then the week after is like Easter. And then my boyfriend's going out of town. So like my mom's coming to spend the weekend with me. And then I'm going to on a trip to Disneyland. So I'm like, I still have a lot going on like all the way through April, but this is my weekend off. So I'm excited to just like have yeah. some chill time these next two weeks. I don't blame you. Yeah. It'd be nice. Yeah. Have you bought anything <laughs> fun and bookish lately? Uh, no, uh, what have I, I got some stickers. Those were fun. I actually got the special editions of the Duke and I, and the Viscount who loved me from Walmart and Target. So they're the hardcovers and they're so cute and they're so pretty and I love them so much. Um, so I was very excited about those, but that's really, I think some of the only, one of the only things that I bought recently, I got some stuff from Starlight reads co but yeah that's that's been it what about you i got some dust jackets in from fox and wit it is the raven cycle dust jackets she's actually like out of them but i emailed her and i was like hey if you wouldn't have to have like a couple extras would you because i just discovered them on instagram and like saw someone with them and she's like yeah i might have some and she made me like a whole invoice so she was super nice and i was like so happy about those and on the website it was listed as just the first five and not mr impossible and when they showed up, I actually got, she put the dust jacket in for Mr. Impossible. So I don't think they'd like done it when she'd originally listed it. So that was really cool. And I was very That's happy exciting. about that. Yeah. I don't have the hardcovers. I just put them on my uh, hardcovers of Shiver, the Shiver series, because <laughs> I have two copies of those. <laughs> also, yeah. I was like, whatever, they can live on the shelf. So now it looks like I have two copies of the Raven Cycle, but they're really, That's really awesome. Cute. Um, what else? I got a rep package from Affatuated Reads from um, Hold It There. She recently did an SJM launch. So she's doing Terrison, Crescent City one and Akatar one as well. So um, I got a couple of those I'm really excited about and I love them. They're so pretty and the colors are super vibrant, especially on the green one for the Terrison, um, like the Throne of Glass ones. I really like them. I think that's probably about it. I have been really bad about getting things lately as I say it. Oh, I got the Waterstones edition of Gallant that came in. It was really, really pretty. I think that's it. That's probably all. I'm trying to be really good about getting stuff. I like... Yeah. I'm trying to be better about it and normally am because I just realized I have like a ton of things. I almost bought a bunch of stuff on book outlet. And then I was like, do I really need seven books that I'm probably not going to read for like a long time? Yeah. It was like <laughs> ice planet barbarians and a couple other ones that I was like, 
trying to finish out in a series. And I was like, man, and they were like $3 too. Like everything was yeah. so cheap. And I was like, I probably could get ice pen or for $5 and not feel bad about it. But then I was like, I don't need to buy a bunch of books. And I looked through some of mine the other day and like rearranged my shelves a little bit. And I was like, I don't need it. Yeah. I need to, um, put it together. I think what I'm going to start doing is ones that I've already read. I'm going to put in one shelf and then ones that I haven't read, I'm going to put, that is a great idea everywhere else. So I can start going through and be like, okay, these I have not read, which is going to be the majority of the shelves. Yeah. But- one teeny tiny shelf there's gonna be like a baby three like three shelf yeah that has everything that I've read and then everything else is gonna be things I haven't read yet but yeah. Yeah, it's fine so I yeah I just I feel like I need to organize my bookshelves a lot more I probably need to get another one because I have a problem so I will be moving soon and I'll have room to have another like I think I'm gonna get another smaller one I don't know I haven't decided but yeah um another bookcase so that's totally fair. Yeah. I keep yeah. thinking about it. I'm like, do I need this right the second? Probably not. I can just look for it a different day. So I'm trying to be better. Yeah. I did buy some stuff from Starlight Designs as well. It just, it hasn't come in. It's on its way. So yeah, that's all <laughs> thus far, but it's yeah. been fun. Like I'm enjoying it. I just think that like, I've been trying to be better about like seeing stuff on mm-hmm. Instagram and then being like instantly feeling like, okay, I need this. Like I have to be involved in this. I've spiraled a bit recently. So I'm trying to yeah. be better about going down the rabbit hole of, of being like, I need these yeah. right now. So what are we talking about today? We are talking about Bridgerton numero uno, the Duke and I by Julia yep. Quinn, both the show and the book and kind of how they compare and contrast um, our thoughts on the whole thing and yeah, how it went. So I'll yep. let you <laughs> go first. So, okay. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, I love Bridgerton. I've said this in past episodes. Um, I love the, the series. Um, I read the books a while ago. Um, and then when the show came out, I was a crazy chaos demon and was like, you need to watch the show. You need to watch the show. I cannot wait. Again, love the books. Basically the basis of Bridgerton is there's this family, the Bridgertons, and they are, um, this wealthy family in in England, right? London, wherever there's eight kids and each book season for the show right follows their like love story right with their like whoever they end up marrying and things like that so the first one is the duke and i and it follows daphne and um the duke of hastings or simon and their love story and things like that so um yeah i absolutely love richardson i adore it i think i i love I love it all. I think they're so great. So, but that's just me. <laughs> I absolutely adore it. But um, yeah, so we, I listened to the audiobooks for both of them. And then I've, I read them a long time ago, but I just recently like re-listened or listened to the audiobooks and um, did that to cover um, the Duke and I and what were your, what were your thoughts on the audiobook? How was that? I wasn't, I mean, I thought it was a lady. It was just like one woman who like read the whole book. There wasn't like dual voices. Right. So she, um, she did obviously really well with the female voices, I think, but, um, it's always awkward when like a woman voices, like a man, right. It's just like drop her voice down really low. <laughs> and it was kind of weird, yeah. but I didn't mind it. I liked it. I thought it was fun. 
Um, I forgot how funny like Colin was in the books and stuff like that. I feel like in the show and you and I talked about this in the show, they kind of flip Benedict and Colin's personalities. Um, Benedict in the book tends to be more serious um, where Colin is just like a prankster. He's a, he's super goofy and just kind of like out to have a good time and party and just like have like enjoy life whereas I feel like in the book or in the in the show he's very serious like he's he's much more serious he's like looking for his passion in life and it's like yeah yeah. and and Benedict's just like let's party like yeah (laughs) I love Benedict in the show I love Benedict in the show he's great he's probably I would say in the show he's my favorite Bridgerton like brother whereas mm-hmm. in the books Colin's my favorite Bridgerton brother so yeah um I like that kind of like goofy weirdo right yeah so <laughs> yeah yeah I think the show this is a perfect example of like the show being better than the book mm-hmm. I don't or like the movie being better than the book I don't think it happens very often but these are like a little bit of an older series so I think that yeah. that kind of dates it a little bit um but you know in the book it's primarily all just Simon and Daphne you're not getting a ton of interaction with the other the rest of it so you're not getting this like backstory which would make for a very boring show I think it was just the two of them so I do appreciate that but I think they did a really good job like one it's nice that they're a little bit older like they aged them up a little bit um but I think there's the big change for me that like really annoyed me and I had mentioned this to you was that in the books Violet is kind of like Anthony in the show like Violet is very pushy she's putting Daphne out there she's really uh persistent about Anthony finding someone blah 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 and she's kind of mean to the suitors and like very particular about it and then in the show it's Anthony and it kind of makes him come off as like a little bit of a dick and you don't really like him I feel like I didn't like him for the first like two episodes I was like, you're annoying. (laughs) But Simon does call out the brothers at one point in time in the book. He says the reason that she's, because in the, another big difference between the book and the show is that Daphne in the book has been out. This is her second season. She wasn't the diamond of the season. She was never the diamond of the season. She was, Daphne was kind of like, all the guys just saw her as like a guy, right. As you know, she's like a you friend. Know, she has her, yeah. As a friend, as like one of the guys and just like, Oh, it's just Daphne. Right. Um, and so they never saw her in a like romantic light. Whereas in the show, she's like the diamond of the season, right? She's like her first season out and she has all these suitors and so on and so forth. And Anthony like scares him up, but he does, Simon does call out all three brothers and he's like, right no, he's like, no shit. She doesn't have any suitors. They're terrified of you. Like, look at you guys. Like, obviously she's your little sister and you're going to be protective, but chill out. Maybe she would have been married, but she does also turn down for proposals in the book as well. Yeah. And, and we do get a lot of the same characters like Nigel Burbrook Mm -hmm. is in there in the very beginning and all that, but like the queen doesn't exist. Like she's a non-existent character. Lady Danbury, it doesn't have as as big of a role as she does in the show, which I really love her character in the show. And I think that's like phenomenal. Yeah. So uh, there's a couple of things in there that like make more sense to do, I think now with the way that they set it all up. But I think the banter is lost a little bit in the show. Like Julia Quinn does a great job of writing really witty banter. And like, we don't get (laughs) Simon and Daphne's meet cute, right? Like their meet cute in the book is he says he's going to go to this ball, but he doesn't really want to, but it's Lady Danbury's and he has that close relationship with her like he does in the show. And he runs into Daphne in the hallway, basically turning down a proposal to uh, Nigel Burbrook, right? And he's like, oh, I need to save this like woman in distress. Very similar to the show, but 
in the show it's very sinister right like yeah. Nigel's like you can't do better than me and in that one he's like just so like love struck and and dumb in love with her and yeah. Daphne does the same thing she punches him right in the face and they get this really cute interaction and I like I was kind of bummed that that wasn't in the show yeah I I agree I agree it was very um yeah because in the show it's like it's almost this like love at first sight right like yeah. when she first meets him she meets him at like the first ball right and she like runs into him while she's like escaping some suitor right and she like runs into him and she's like talking to him and then anthony comes up and she's introduced right and that's how they meet in the show it's kind of like this like it's very romanticized whereas the book is just so it's so funny because she's like my experience with men that's like her thing is right like in my in my experience with men right and he's like in your extensive he's just like so confused he's like what she's like four brothers. Like I grew up with four brothers. Right. And so she does know a lot more about like men in general and like how they act and stuff like that than, than probably most of the ladies that are, that are out. Right. And so it's, it, it was very funny. And she's, I feel like she's a lot funnier in the book than she is in the show. Um, not that I don't love Daphne in the yeah. show. I, they're very, it's very romanticized in the show. Like they're a very romantic couple. Um, but like you said, the witty banter was kind of lost between them because they have yeah. some good, really, really good. And this is like a book. true friends to lover situation yes. where like they are strangers, they become, and it's like the best version of it, right? Where you're not like childhood friends have been pining. It's like you decided to develop a friendship and then, and And like, I think that this is the one thing I do love so much about books is like, you're getting their internal monologue, which you don't get a lot in the TV show. And Simon and her both say a few times throughout this, like, I think this is the person I should be falling in love with, or I, I, I know I'm doing this. I know I'm falling in love with them. If it was to be someone, it would be you. Yeah. And so I do really like that. You know, you kind of get a little bit more about Simon because I feel like in the show, he's such a, like an aloof character, you know, like you only get so much of him. And then it's like, there was a lot of times I think when I first watched it before I read the book, I watched the show and I was like who like what's going on with the Simon guy and like why does he have such like a hesitation to him and so I feel Mm -hmm. like getting that internal monologue and also this the prologue of this book starts out with Simon's entire backstory so I think that was a lot better and I get why they did it in the show but like I I knew going into it everything that was that was going to happen with Simon and who he was going to be as a character because we got that like very initially and I think that was good because then you kind of know like what the struggle is going to be. Do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Versus where I was like, I felt like I was really guessing in the show. I was like, why is he so weird? Yeah. I do like that. They kept the struggle the same, right? The struggle is the same, right? He doesn't want to marry. He doesn't want to marry because he had a very difficult childhood, right? His dad shunned him because he had a stutter. He basically, his father was like, I have an idiot son. I can't believe that I'm going to be passing on my dukedom to this idiot and you know Hastings is ruined and all of this stuff when in the you know in the process too like his wife died giving birth to him to like his son and it's like it's very sad right like he has a very sad upbringing and um and then basically Simon promises his father he's like I'll never marry I'll never have a kid I'll never pass this on and like it's gonna like the Hastings line is going to end with me and, you know, just basically saying like, I hate you. And this is my final, like, you know, fuck you basically. Right. And, um, the whole, the whole thing is that Daphne's falling in love with him and he's falling in love with her. And, you know, they, they do fall in love in this whole, like, it, it is kind of funny in the book that he panics when she says, I love you. And he's like, and then he gets drunk. Like <laughs> he's like, I don't, 
I don't know how to handle this. Right. And so, uh, which I mean, you know, it's a man. So, right. You know, it's, it's the same kind of struggle that they go through where she realizes, and we'll get to it when we get to this point within this store in the, in the, in the, in the show and in the, the books. Right. You know, basically she's like, you took advantage of my naivety of like, you know, how to make a child and like of, you know, intimate parts of a relationship and a, and a marriage. And, um, she wants a kid. He doesn't want a kid because he, you know, and basically he just kind of like omits or like kind of goes a white lie of like, instead of saying like, it's, I won't have children with you. I not, I can't have children. And she just assumes that he can't, it's like a whole thing. And then, you know, so on and so forth. I did like that. They kept that storyline accurate and true to the book because, that's really the whole entire plot, right? That's the whole, the whole book. Yeah. I think for me is like, I like the first like quarter of this book, maybe like two quarters of like the first half. And then after that, it's just like such a roller coaster. And I honestly hate it so, so much. I just like, I just can't, there's so many like miscommunication tropes in this. And this is like the epitome of gaslighting. And then she, you know, like goes and rapes her husband. So like, that's not okay. And, and then it's all just like, ha ha ha, we're gonna have kids at the end. And like, yeah, so I I don't know. I have a bit of an issue with this one. Like, Mm -hmm. I think when I watched it originally, I was like, wow, this is really intriguing. And I got to like, I think it was the fourth or fifth episode. And you're like, you like want them to be together. Right. Like there's the portrait scene that's like so intense. And like in the book, they have this like great banter. They're like going and doing silly things together. And like, you know, he really cares about her and, and all this stuff. But then it's like, nobody knows how to like open their mouths and communicate and the other thing I I feel like I struggled with a little bit and this is might be my own like issue with because I don't read a lot of historical romance is I feel like you needed to know the rules of society back then before Mm -hmm. you like started reading this book because I get that like she kind of explains it but there's also a lot in there that I'm like I get that like they're not supposed to like you know kiss and and like do anything like that and that's that's considered like tainted but there was a couple of things where I was like I don't really understand like what the ton is and like what yeah. this like coming it's out like is and stuff the upper so it's like the upper echelons so of like yeah. society i gathered now i've read england right I, like, I, I, I've experienced a lot of bridgerton in the last two days so yeah like, I well, get now. <laughs> yeah but, but they're like you know the upper echelons and they're the rich and you know the girls go out into the marriage martin because and that's something that that i really did like about daphne in the show and she's like you're a man like your worth is based completely different than mine she's like the only thing the only thing that I have to give to my family and to society is who I marry and how well I marry. That's the, and how well I marry affects the rest of the girls in the family and like all these things. And it's just like, oh, it's just like, I can't even, I mean, we, I think even now, you know, as women, we struggle with this like stereotype of like, oh, you're like, I'm almost 30. I'm single. I've never been married or anything like that. I don't have any kids. And I think whenever I'm like, yeah, I'm like 29, 30, whatever. And people are just like, you're not, you don't have a boyfriend. You're not married yet. This almost like taboo thing that I'm not married. Right. And it's not that I am against marriage. Don't want to be married. Don't want to have a partner, but I'm also like, I want a partner, like in the truest sense of the form or in truest sense of the word. Right. And so it's, you still get that today, but to I can't even imagine being thrust out into this world, having no knowledge of anything, right? Because it's like, not for ladies ears, you know, this conversation, and that's a big 
point too, you know, the conversation that Daphne or that Violet has with Daphne about sex, right. Or doesn't have with her. Right. And so she is obviously ignorant going into this about the most intimate parts of a relationship and she has to ask the maid, right. (laughs) You know? And so, um, it's very, I, I can't even imagine how terrifying that would be being young, right? In the book, she's 19, I think, 19 or 20. And so, you know, these girls go out into society at 18, right? Like they're very young. So can you imagine like not knowing anything and being like thrust into a marriage with a man that you barely know, right? You've talked to him a few times. You don't know him, right? And um, just being expected to just go along with it. Like I... I think that's why I like Eloise so much because she's just like, nope. I think in the show too, like they do a really good job of sort of changing the tone of things in a way. Like we get this conversation about diversity. We get this conversation about like women's rights and changing things up. So characters that don't exist in the book are the queen, the prince. Marina is not mentioned in the book. She exists, but she's not mentioned until like several books down the road. And the Featheringtons are not a huge part of it as well. They exist, but they're not like a big part. And the, I forgot his name, Simon's boxer friend, um, the guy that's a boxer. Oh, Mondrich. Yeah. He's not like a big part of it either. He's not, he doesn't exist in there either. Yeah. Yeah, So, so there's, so those are the big, I think those are like probably those three big characters, the queen, Mm -hmm. Mondrich and the prince don't exist at all. And I think they brought like a really good element to it because you're kind of seeing this like background and it was providing this like internal monologue of Simon, I think yes. with his friend. But, and then the prince was just sort of like thrown in there as an extra element of drama, I think. And I really love yeah. the queen and I love her character. And I like that oh, we get this too. conversation about, you know, her struggles and like what she goes through. And, you know, they do bring that up. Like, you know, Lady Danbury says it to Simon. Says like, we would never be able to be here if it weren't for the queen, for the king, like falling in love with her. I don't really understand the like king's role in all of this and why they give him like dementia. And that was like the storyline they went with. Because I think it's actually what happened. Is it? Okay. That makes sense. I think that's like, I think it's historically accurate. Don't quote me on that. We'll have to Goog it, but I'm pretty sure it's historically accurate. So yeah, I really did like the queen's character and I appreciate that we got a lot of that. I think she's a phenomenal actress. I think everybody in the show is really good. And I think they did a great job with the uh, clothing. And I know that it was correct for the period, but I would like to say not a single person on that show has bigger than a B cup. I was literally thinking, I was like, (laughs) I could never, I could could never. I looked it up. I know that's so creepy to say because there was a couple girls. I was like, oh, they might be. No, mm -mm, they're like a C at most. I was like, yeah, yeah, listen. Yeah, no, there's no way. My boobs would be on my chin. It like makes them, their like torso look really long, right? Because it like cuts right under. Maybe Portia. Like, yeah, but hers cut like crisscross. You know what I mean? Like all these girls that cut straight across. I'm like, you, there's just not a single way. Oh, also like Madame Delacour. I don't think she exists in the books. No, she doesn't. Yeah. So, and, and, and the, the entire relationship with like Anthony and, um, Celine is not until the second book. It's so blown out of proportion too. Absolutely. It's, it's obviously for the dramatics, um, and them trying to, they had, we'll get this to this in the next episode, but they, they change his character so much and his kind of plot line, which his story is kind of weird, but, and we'll, we'll get to that, but um, yeah, so I, I liked it. I mean, I thought they did such a great job with the adaptation. I love Regé Jean Page. Like he's just, 
he did so well as Simon, right? With that, just like, like you said, that kind of aloofness and that very just like standoffish. And I, I just, and their like tension is just like off the charts, right? So I really, really, really liked the show and that. And that they just, they kept very, not obviously precise to the book, but they stayed true, I think, to yeah, the, the majority general, like, of- plot line. Yeah. So mm-hmm. let's talk about the, the controversy of the plot line, right? So Ugh. we we get to this part where it's it's not right for women in society to be out and about unchaperoned. And Simon and her are caught kissing by Anthony. And there's this big dramatic, like, I can't marry you, we'll duel instead. And this was another one of those ones where I was like, I know that they kind of vaguely mentioned it, but like, I didn't know dueling was illegal. You know, like that was one of those society things where I was like, I would have liked a little bit more background, I guess, but maybe that's just like, I should do historical research. I don't know. So I think for me, there was, those were the bits and pieces where I was like kind of confused about like why that was what was going to happen. And it's very, that whole thing is super dramatic, but I do love Daphne and Colin's relationship and how he's like, Hey, she's like, you know, you have to help me or whatever. And Colin just like, lets her cry and, you know, like consoles her and all that. And like, that is so wholesome. And like their relationship relationship in the book. So good. It's so wholesome. Like, cause they're the closest, right? They're only right. what, what, like, this is like seven years and a half or, or like, yeah, 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 like a year and a half apart. I love it. And in the book, he's the one that comes to her. He's like, what's going on? Right. Yeah, like, yeah. he's like, what's happening? And so, and he's so good about being like, okay, I'm going to help you. Right. Like, he, they're brothers and they're just like, they're just, the whole family is just so, I love, I love them all so much. I just want to like put them in my pocket. I love them so much. And they're I so like, cute. I really like her relationship with, with Violet and yeah. they have such good banter that I think we miss a little bit in the show. And I think, yeah. again, the casting was phenomenal, but there's a couple bits and pieces in there that I was like kind of bummed that that wasn't in there was this like familial yeah. love for each other and, yeah, and like all of that. But I, this is, I think where it went off the deep end for me was like, we get to the this him being like, I'd rather die than marry you. And she's like, how could you say that? I love you. And he's like, uh, gotta go. (laughs) This is when it starts to get like, I don't know, just a little bit like gaslighty. And it's just a weird thing. I think as I was watching the the show, I was like, but why? Like, I just wanted to scream at him and be like, why can't you marry her? Like, I understand what's happening and all that kind of stuff. But like, I just didn't like the idea of him one being willing to die. And two, you know, Daphne interrupts and she says, Hey, like, let's have this conversation. Like, why won't you marry me? And he's like, I can't have children. And I know that's everything you want. And I want to be everything for you. And kind of like alludes to this sense of him liking her. And then she's like, okay, fine. We're getting married. Right. And she makes that like declaration, but it was like, I think when I was watching it, I was like, I'm so confused as to like, why, he feels like so strongly. And I, and I get that. Like, I, I don't know that because I didn't like grow up with a parent that was disappointed in me. But I think for me, that's when it like kind of went off the rails. I was like, this doesn't make a lot of sense because I'm confused as to like why he can't just say that out loud and like why it was such a big secret. And I think like Anthony does know and doesn't say it too. Like, I think secretly or like in the back of his head, he knows that. And so I was like, this is just so weird for me. And then for them to go into it, but for them to go into it and him be like, and her be like, okay, fine, we're getting married. And he's like, okay, sounds good. And then he's like, but this will be a loveless marriage. And it's like, how, like it, it just can't. Like it, it, it's already not a loveless marriage. Even if you guys don't have kids, it's like, what are you going to do? Just like live separately. So I think that part for me was like really weird. I was like, I get you having secrets and things like that. And you saying like, I, 
I know that like what you want in life is children and I can't give that to you or whatever, but it's like, you clearly love her and she clearly loves you. And she says that to you and you're like, well, we're going to get married and just like live separate lives. And it's like, so I think that for me was just like a very confusing plot line. I was like, why can't you guys just love each other? And obviously that changes, but it was just one of those things where I was like, I'm so confused as to how you got into the situation one. And two, if that's where we're going with that saying, like, you have to get like, you have to live this loveless life, if that makes sense. And I think that's like, it was just such a, it's a weird, it was a weird storyline to write. To the say, fa- yeah, the- you know what I, I mean? Like, you can just say, I like, I can't have the, kids. I don't remember the loveless marriage part, but I do remember the, like, I think because the loveless marriage part is more Anthony. So that was where I was like associating with it. I don't remember him saying, I want a loveless marriage though. So like he talks about, so in the show, he doesn't confess that he actually has feelings for her until they're in the motel, yeah. like until they're yeah. in the tavern or whatever, or the, the, the in. yeah, the inn. until they're in the inn, he doesn't say that he has feelings for her. And in the book, she says, I love you. And then he literally runs off and gets like white girl <laughs> wasted. So it's like that. I didn't, I don't think he necessarily like declared that it was going to be loveless, but he never said like, okay, but I have feelings for you. And I want to do this because, yeah. you know, I care about you. He's just like, well, I can't have kids. So, and it's like, well, what is that? Like, I- I'm going to literally lose my reputation for this. So, and I love you and you love me. So like, why can't we have that conversation? So I think it was just the miscommunication that like really set me over the yeah. edge. And then I was like, why are we even having this conversation that like, you don't care for each other? And obviously like when he's like, I burn for you, ugh. Like we love that it, line. And like, I oh, hate that line. It makes me, it literally makes me cringe. Like it just like, so I if someone said that to me, I'd be like, book. you might want to get that checked out, bro. Like, yeah. it's like things should not be burning or itching. So it's wrong. <laughs> so I was like looking for that line in the book and it's not, it's not, in it's the book. not, he doesn't, he says something about like burning, like, yes. Like, so I saw he that doesn't and I was like, say, interesting. Yeah. actually it's not him. It's Anthony that says I burn for you. Is it? Anthony says I burn for you. Love that. Yeah. So, so yeah, I was like looking for him. It wasn't whatever. That scene is really great. Like we, we love that they like finally admit like they yeah. have feelings for each other and everything, but it was just like, what a weird miscommunication trope to write. Yeah. Like, yeah, you both like each other, but you're not going to talk about it. And then you're going to end up in this situation. And then instead of like communicating, you're just like, I'm going to be angry at you for the whole week of our like wedding planning. And then we get to the wedding and then it's like, oh, we're going to Cliveden. And then in the book, he doesn't like plan to stay at the end. But in the, no. in the show, he like gets two rooms. And I was like, wow, that's a dick move. Yeah. Like, but I think that's for me, like really where it really set me over the edge. And then you kind of just like feel bad for Daphne and her ignorance. And I think because we're like yeah. in modern times, it was really hard for me to wrap my mind around that concept. I was like, you don't right? understand like. Yeah. But like those things are, I mean, and that's, that's talked about when like this doesn't happen in the book, but in the show, when Eloise is like, how does a woman come to be with child? Benedict and Colin are just like, (laughs) and Violet's like, shut up. Don't say anything. Right. But it's this idea of like, it's improper for a lady to hear these things. Right. And it's like this idea that women aren't sexual creatures, right. They're just there to produce an heir. That's their only purpose. They don't, you know, because they were also considered like wanton and terrible if they they enjoyed it right like heaven forbid you know yeah I I remember when I my mom watched this show right and she's like I can't believe that her mom didn't say anything to her like I don't understand how she didn't know these things I'm like that's just society right that was just society unfortunately and it's like if you're also a woman and you're 
you've been raised and trained not to have these conversations with your children or with your, like speak this way yourself or with your daughters, how is, how are you going to have a conversation like that? Right. How are you even prepared to have a conversation like that? Yeah. And I think that's what I would have liked a little bit of a guidebook. Cause I was like, that's crazy that they don't, or like, I don't know. It was just so historically accurate to me. I think I was a little bit jarred and I was like, this is nuts. So then, you know, they get married, they go to Cliveden and her, her kind of relationship with the maid is a little bit much. Like I felt so bad for Daphne in these points where like, she's trying really hard and she's like, oh, my mom told me this. And this is how I should be like a lady of the house. And that's not in the book. And, and like, she does try to develop a relationship with the maid a little bit and, and get that with her. And so like, I, I liked her relationship with the maid a lot better in the book. And I liked that she didn't come off because they make her a little pretentious in the show. I think of her being like, my mom told me to do this. And my mom told me to do that. And she's trying really hard. And I think in the, in the book, she's just funny and she's like trying to do her best in, in like the situation she's put in. And so I think Daphne's character like doesn't get a lot of credit, but she, you know, kind of learns a little bit more about Simon's backstory and everything like that. And, and tries to like make him feel better and say like, I don't pity you, blah, blah, blah. Three chapters later, she literally rapes her own husband. And this is where I really was like, I'm like, uh, there's no recovering from this. Not okay with that. Yeah. Oh. And it's sort of like, rushed this over goes beyond like, oh, miscommunication to like, we just took a left term and what the fuck? But like, like I it's just very brushed over. Like, it's just one of those yeah. things where it was like, well, that's just what happened. Like, how dare he lie to her? And that's what it's turned into. And it's, it's this way in the book and in the show of yep. how could he lie to her? She like, it, it was her being ignorant. And like, that's not her fault that she's so naive. Have a conversation. And that, so that one really, that was a bit much for me. And I was like, this yeah. is, it made me really mad because I yeah. feel like, because it's not, and I know like, again, we know me, like, I don't want equality. I want revenge. So like, I get that, like, it's not something that's brought up a ton because like he is a man and all those sorts of yeah. things, but like that was non-consensual and that was, yeah. then we're made to feel bad for Daphne that she doesn't yep. get pregnant and that she doesn't get what she wants and all those sorts of things. So I think for me, that was like, that was a lot icky mm-hmm. and I had a really hard time with the last two episodes and I had a really hard time finishing the book because yeah. in the show, they decided to go back to London because of the scandal with Colin and Marina um, in the book, they just go their separate ways and spend like three yeah. months apart. He's like, I have to go visit my other estates. And she goes back to London um, and lives in Hastings house and tries to like make a life there or whatever. And she thinks she's pregnant, right? She's doesn't get her cycle for like six or eight weeks or something like that. Yeah. And, and she, she like thinks she's pregnant. So she, you know, her brothers try to get involved again. And that this is another one. I really do like their relationship there where they're yeah. like, let me help you with this. And then, you know, they try to get involved. And then her, her mom comes in and says like, get out of the house or I will drag you out Takes by, your him ears. by the ear <laughs> drags him out of the house. which I I do I love Violet she's a really I good love Violet. she's such Ugh. a good character no okay wait I do I will have to say my favorite part of this entire book is when you know they've they've come up with their scheme to like quote-unquote fake date Simon shows up the day after the ball or whatever to like start courting Daphne and he's gonna he brought flowers and Violet takes all the suitors out and she's like go be be gone with you right because she like really wants this match right because he's a duke and all that and so she Daphne and Simon are talking and having this exchange and she's like oh I really love like the flowers like they're really beautiful and he's like yeah but they're not for you and she's like 
what? She kind of has this like look of what? And he's like, they're for your mother. And she's like, oh, you're brilliant. She's going to love this. She's going to love you. You're going to have her eating out of your hand. And he's like, yeah, yeah. She comes in the room and he gives her the flowers and she's literally stunned, speechless. Like she's almost confused. And he's like, these are for you. And she's just like, oh. And it's this moment where Daphne realizes she's not just a mother. Like she hasn't gotten flowers since her father died and she isn't just a mother she's also a woman and it's nice to get pretty things and it's nice to be considered and to get flowers and she's like literally none of my none of us kids have ever done anything so nice for her and she just in that moment I think that's the moment where she really kind of like starts really warming up to Simon and realizing like he's a genuinely good human being even though he didn't have this a mother of his own and he didn't have a family it's just like uh he cares like so deeply and just like the fact that he did that for her mother and that moment is probably my favorite moment of the entire book because it's just so it's so good it's just so good right because I feel like even as kids like we we get to this point, right, where it's like our parents are our parents. Like We don't think about it, right? We get each other gifts on like, you know, Christmas and their birthdays and things like that. But just to be like, here, like, here's, a, I was thinking of you, here's a bouquet of flowers or a unique, like, I love you, right? These like gestures and it's like these things. And then, and then it made me mad because I was like, so ABC have not been getting their mother flowers and that's not okay. Violet is a gem and should be treated as such. So ABC, buy your mother flowers. Yeah. And I think that just goes to show like how much of a matriarch she is and like all the things that she does. And the fact that like Colin and Benedict and Anthony, like never thought twice to do anything for her and, and like, just be an adult. Like, you know, Anthony's not a big adult in this one. He's kind of plays it dumb and blames Simon for a lot of things that like could have been avoided. And, you know, he's out there talking about Daphne, like not being good in society and like how she needs to court the perfect person and it's like but he's been out for like six seasons now and hasn't found anybody and that's I guess that's the whole point of the Viscount who loved me and he's a man yeah because he's a man he doesn't have to so yeah it just goes to show that like they don't think twice about it and just more of that like how did you feel about in the book Anthony knowing about the deal and the plan with Daphne and Simon but in the show no one knew right like the only person that knew were Daphne and Simon how did you feel about that uh, I just felt like it was both unnecessary and necessary in the same time. Like Anthony's a bit more of a brute in the book than he is in the, in the show. He's kind of like a douchebag. He's, he's a little bit of a dick. Like he reminds me of a dick. Like he's very pretentious in the show. And then in the, in the book, he's like very protective and, and it's more of like a brother figure, I think, than being like, I have to be the Viscount. So I think it made more sense in the book. And I thought it was fine. But it it was just like kind of a weird thing that like he was so aggressive that he was like, there's no way I'm going to let you like, I'll kill you before I let you near my sister, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I get that. But that's this is when Simon calls him out and says, yeah, why would a suitor ever come up to her? You three are terrifying. One and two, you treat her like she's a man. You know, you treat her like she's one of the guys and that she's just someone to be a friend, not someone to be desired. So I thought it was interesting. I don't know if it was like necessary plot point that like needed to be in there, which is why I think it wasn't in the show. Uh, but again, Anthony's character is totally different in the books versus the show. So, I, but I thought it was interesting that they decided to like bring him in on that. I will say I would have loved to see Anthony and Simon fall into the river. Same. When they go on, <laughs> on the like little cruise or whatever, they go to the observatory. Yeah. I would have loved to see that happen. That 
I, think I really wish that that would have been moments. funny. Yeah. Yeah. I think we miss mm-hmm. a ton of family moments from the book that like brings them all together, which we get a lot in the show. So it's confusing that they didn't just decide to use like those ones from the yeah. book and bring it into the show. But mm-hmm. I, I think it was just probably like staging and props and things that they wanted to like do it in the drawing room all the time. Yeah. Right? But yeah. yeah, I agree. I think there's a lot of really funny moments that happen that are kind of missed to mm-hmm. make it much more romantic in the show, which is okay. But in, you know, in the show, we get this part where they go to London and Simon says like, if you're with child, then I'll like, love it. But again, here we go with like the loveless. This is when he really declares, like, we'll just have a loveless marriage and I'll raise yeah. the kid. But like, I'm never going to forgive you and be happy with you. And if you I'll don't support have a kid, you, but I'm never going to be around. Right. And then if you do have the, if you don't have the kid, then like, I'm taking a mistress and like, goodbye. See you later. Basically is what he says to her and both of them. But in, I liked it, this scene better, I think in the show, because it was so dramatic and emotional. And I think they did a really good job with like bringing her and Violet together. You know, they're at a show and she like gets her period or whatever. And she cries for her mom. And in the book, she's like running through Hyde Park on a horse. Like Uh it's all very nonchalant. Yeah. I think think also in the book, in the show, they go to back to London together. The book, he's visiting his other estates and she is back in London. And I love, I love in the book where, where Anthony's like, where's your husband? Like, what is going on? And she's like, let me figure it out. Like, let me figure it out. And he's like, she's like, fine. If you want to help take this letter to him. She's like, you have to promise me two things though. <laughs> right. She's like, no violence. And you can't hurt him. Like you can't. And don't <laughs> like, read the letter. Don't, yeah. Don't read the letter. And so he like obviously goes and that's, that's how like Simon finds out that she's in London and not home and like all this. Right. And so I do love it. He's like sitting there at his desk and Anthony comes in and he's like pissed off, like older brother. Right. He's like, here's your stupid letter. And like, I did, I do think I kind of like the ending of that better. I didn't like the immediate forgiveness of like Simon to death. He was obviously he hadn't forgiven her, but he's like, I'll go and like put up this united front, blah, 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 blah. And then they were like holding hands and like glances and stuff like that. And it's just like, I didn't love that. Right. Yeah. Um, because she raped him. Right. And he's not mad about that. He's mad about the fact that he like came inside of her. Right. And she right, could like, be pregnant. Potentially be a father. Like that's what he's yeah. about. He's not, he's not upset about the fact that she quite literally raped him, but yeah, it's very interesting. It's very, I think I prefer the book ending, you know, and she's like running through Hyde Park and he's like, what are you doing? You're pregnant. What are you like? He's like panicking. Right. And she, she's like, uh, no, I'm not. I'm just like sad. And I just needed to get out and I needed to just like get away. Right. Which is actually kind of also another flip of the series because Daphne is the one that rides astride. Daphne is the one that's like kind of a wild child. Daphne's more of a wild child in the book than she is in the, yeah. in the show for sure. In the show, she's very like proper and like does everything she's supposed to. Whereas in the book, she's just kind of like, like you said, she's kind of one of the guys. Right. And so, um, you know, she talks about growing up and like racing her brothers at the, was it Ashby Hall? Yeah. Is, it, is what it is and you know at their at their you know ancestral country house and like putting on Colin's breeches and like going and riding and her mom having a heart attack like seeing her daughter not in a dress or riding side saddle right that is also flipped because Kate in the show is the one that's like but yeah it falls off a horse and that's when they forgive each other and all that kind yeah. of stuff and I think I this ending's a little bit better too. like I get where they're going with all of it because of the way that it's like done 
yeah, so it ends kind of different. We get a little bit more of like a prologue situation at the end of the show, which I would have liked a little bit more of like a, of them saying like three years later or whatever it was, because I feel like we don't get, it's like they forgive each other. And then they're like, he's like, I burn for you. And she's like, oh, that's so funny. Cause I do too. And I'm not going to get a cream for it. We're just going to like live our lives. And then it's like, she's pregnant having a baby. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's like, you should really look into that. Just kidding. So I wish I would have just said like, you know, a year later or two years later or whatever it was. And I, I do like the ending where he says, you know, like we have family traditions to uphold, blah, blah, et cetera, et cetera. There is a prologue and, or there's an epilogue in this. And then Julia Quinn did a thing where she printed second epilogues for every book in the series and made it yep. a, like a larger novella. And they used to be electronic, but the reprint of these new books with the Netflix sticker on them has the second epilogue for each yep. book in that so book. warning. So... I would like to get way up on my soapbox really quickly. And I did not know that going into it, that the second epilogue was so far. It's like 30 years later or 25 years later or something. So Daphne is 40 and Simon's like 40 also. She's like 38 and he's 40 or something like that. I'm going to spoil it because this is a spoiler full episode, but she gets pregnant again at like 38. And they're like, I didn't know I could get pregnant. We've had like so many years in between of like frivolous sex and I've never gotten pregnant and we still love each other after all this time, blah, blah, blah. And so it's like kind of going through her getting the nerve to like tell Simon that she's pregnant. There's a ton of other spoilers for the rest of the series. So like, we won't say those, but I didn't know going into it. And I guess I kind of had an inkling. I forgot. I should have told you. I totally forgot about the second epilogues until I I was literally listening to it. Yeah. And I read it. It says like, there's a second epilogue and it says like what they are or whatever. It's like, this is what would happen to the Bridgerton family like later. But I didn't realize it was going to be like 20 years later. And then she was going to bring in like all this stuff from all the other books. Yeah. She spoils some of the couples. So yeah, I did. I did that, did make that mistake. And I think that was like the cherry on top of me hitting the end of this book and then being like <laughs> super annoyed that I just spoiled the rest of like the series. I was like, cool. That second epilogue oh, cool. is super cute though. Is it? I thought it was cute. Is it? You don't like children. So yeah. you, <laughs> I was like, oh, she's 40 and having a kid. Ooh. No, I thought the whole like them bringing like Colin, Colin and Penn bringing yeah, their miles. son and being like we don't we don't know what to do like what should we do we wanted to come to you for advice and like Simon just being like just love him like I just thought it was so cute I mean I know you don't like kids so you're just like I I thought it was I thought it was very cute and wholesome I'm not I'm not a big children person I this is one of those ones where it's like okay to end in a pregnancy trope but like I think for me just going through this I realized how much I dislike historical romance um like I love the idea of like an old-timey setting but it needs to be it always ends up with a baby yeah, it always ends with a baby. It's a, a, like too much feminism for me. Uh, it talks a lot about like marriage and all that kind of stuff. And it's just like, it's a no, like it's a no for me. This is why I despise Ugh. Pride and Prejudice. Despise I with every fiber of my being. I live for it. I Historical romance is my jam, man. I'm here for it. Yeah. I don't know why. I'm just like a garbage rat for it. Like, I love it. Despise. There's a couple. Yeah. So basically that's the whole thing of the book, but there's a couple of like big parts in here that are spoiled in the show, not the second epilogue that Kirsten has some feelings about. So I do. Okay. So in the books, you don't find out who Lady Whistledown is until fourth book. And at the end of this season, you find out that it's Penelope and it pisses me off because I think, and this kind of, we'll get into this into the next season too, or when we talk about the next season in the next episode um 
but they make it too much about Lady Whistledown. Um, it's, and I think she's a cool character. I like Lady Whistledown. I think she's a fun character to have in the book. She's this like mysterious, like everyone's like, who is she? Right. Like, and it's just like, it's the same thing, but it's kind of funny. Right. They're talking about when they have a baby or whatever, or whatnot. I think it's their son and they name him David. And then in the, in like Lady Whistledown, she's like, one can only assume that they're going to name him something like David. Right. And, and Simon's like, she's got a spy in the family. Like she's like, you know, all these like funny things. Right. And, um, she's such a, just like a kind of a cool character. That's like kind of mixed in. She's not this huge thing. Right. Like she's got little snippets at the beginning of every chapter that kind of set it up. Right. It's a lot like if you've read the love hypothesis, whereas in the show, she's more of obviously like a living character. And I was so, so, so upset that they revealed her so early because it's like, yeah, she doesn't, she literally nobody finds out until the fourth book. Like nobody has any clue. Like Eloise is is suspected. Like that's a big thing. Um, but, and that all happens in the fourth book. Right. Like, and so it just, it really frustrated me that they felt, and I don't know if they did it out of a let's create more drama or they weren't sure where the show was going to go. So they wanted to immediately like let you know who Lady Whistledown was. But I think, I, I feel like if they hadn't said anything, it still would have kept interest. Yeah, I think that that was what, so I remember when I watched the show the first time, like four seasons, four episodes in, I like Googled it. Like I'm a bit, I'll spoil myself for TV shows. I'll never spoil myself for the book, but like for a TV show, I will spoil it. So I think I Googled it and I was like, oh, wow. I'm kind of surprised that they would say it this early, like at the end of the first season. And then I was reading and it said, yeah, like you don't find out until the fourth book. So I was like, that's really interesting. But I think it was because one, they didn't know how well the show was going to do it. And two, there's people like me who probably would stop watching had I not known the spoiler. Like if they didn't tell me at the end of the season, I would like have gone down the furthest rabbit hole to figure out who this woman was. Granted, it wouldn't have been that far because I could have just read the books. But I think that's a little bit where it is. But I love, love, love the actress that plays Penelope like I think she's phenomenal Dairy Girls is like one of my all-time favorite shows she's so great and she plays a very similar character in both shows but I think in the book she's a little bit different I think in the book she's a little bit more assertive and she's a little less like a wallflower pining after Colin all the time I think she's just again a very Daphne character where she's like kind of one of the guys like she just is never seen as desirable until you get to her book yeah Uh uh-huh I think she's just a little bit more of like a she's a little bit less of a dainty character. So I think for me too, is like, I don't see her as Lady Whistledown, like just in the way that she's sort of presented until we get to season two and the very beginning of season two. But like, I think I don't see her as like Lady Whistledown one, two, how the hell does this woman have that kind of time? Three, I think her and Eloise, like her friendship with Eloise, like when they get in that big fight and she's like, things matter more than that is like, marriage is so important. And like, I know you don't want that and blah, blah, blah. Like, I just, I don't like her in this. Like Penelope really makes me mad because of the way that she treats Eloise. And I feel like they're both really bad at like communication, but she kind of angers me. And then when I found out she was Lady Whistledown, I was like, oh, huge bummer. So I think that that like ruined it a little bit for me because I just don't like the way that her character is like portrayed, I guess. And that might be, again, because I haven't read the rest of the series and all that, but I just, she felt a little too like meager to me and like lacking ambition in the character that they made her to be in the first season. And then in the second season, it feels like a huge twist. Like it's a, it's a big change. And so I was really surprised when that came about. My other thing is I thought, and this is just like, because I didn't know 
Benedict. She's also not that way in the book. Like right. she's not like conniving. ambitious and hungry and conniving. Yeah. Like she literally does it because she's bored. Like right. that's and, why she did it. And I don't think that she's really portrayed. She seems like lovesick and like sad in this season. And like what she does to Marina, I was like, that's really like, that's super fucked up. That, I think just the way her character is like portrayed kind of makes me mad. And I think she's a great actress for it. Like, I think she plays a perfect Penelope, but like her character is just so different than I imagined her. And I was like, oh, I don't like believe you versus like Eloise. Like I totally would believe that she would be Lady Whistledown. So my thought was that she was it, that it was Eloise because, and I also thought, because I hadn't read the second one, Benedict wears- I thought it was Eloise too. When, when I, when I was reading the it. series, I thought it was Eloise. Yeah. So that's why, like, and, I, and the way that she's like portrayed and all this stuff and, and like her conversations with Benedict. So Benedict wears a B in every single scene in the first season, right? A, a B vest. He has a B um, like thing. I thought it was a fly for a while there. Uh, he has like a pin. And I was like, what the fuck is this B? And then there's like a B that sort of shows up a couple of times in the show. So in the second season, we won't, we're, I'm going to try to like keep the spoilers to a minimum for season two of this episode, but like we find out more, but I thought that Benedict was a spy for Lady Whistledown and that he was a B being like a social, like he, he was like this person that was like getting the info for her. And then it was him and Eloise and they were like a team. Like that's what I was just much more traumatic. Yeah. But like, it doesn't make any (laughs) sense as to like why they did that. Like, I was like, that's really traumatizing to make Benedict like this guy that's like, I think it's a nod to the readers, the people who have read it and know what the B means. Yeah. I was like, dead ass convinced because there's like a bee that shows up a couple times like they they like pan into it and I was like oh that's like it also secret spy it's, bee <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah I just thought that was them like sort of nodding that that when the bee was in the room first season when the bee was in the room that was like what that was going to be the next thing it was going like, to come out and, and whistle down and saying that like yeah. Benedict was like one of her helpers or like her spies and then you know yeah. we get obviously the the dressmaker and you know Eloise suspects it's her or whatever so I thought that like maybe Benedict and Eloise and like madam whatever her name is who's like escapes me right now like i thought they were all like conspiratorial and like doing it all together and like that was the point of the b um but it wasn't so that was a huge bummer i i, I will say theory and then i read the first it, page that is a good theory of the second one and i was like yeah never Traumatic. mind you were traumatized <laughs> I was right like, what's with this fucking fly that benedict got on him like what's <laughs> going on there <laughs> yeah no i um yeah i've I love Benedict in the show. I yeah. think he is I so he was, like, the funny. Fly on the wall, like that's what I thought he was gonna. You know what I mean? Like he was like part of this whole thing, but he wasn't. He was just. I love. I love Benedict. I love self-traumatizing him so much. Um, yeah, we talk about Marina. So Marina is is in the books, but she doesn't show up until the fifth book. So she is, and she's not. She plays a big part, but she doesn't. It's very hard to explain. But in the book, she's actually a cousin to the Bridgertons. She's not a cousin to the Featheringtons. Um, She never comes to London for like a season or anything like that. But her backstory is the same, right? Like she ends up like, she was with um, Sir Philip's brother. She ends up getting pregnant. He dies. So Sir Philip ends up marrying her. And that's just kind of the premise of that that that's correct right marina's character pissed me off i'm not gonna lie i love colin colin is is again in in the books he's my favorite bridgerton i do love him in the show also but like he's my favorite bridgerton brother and so what she did to him was just so and he's just so 
he's such a cinnamon roll and he's just so loving and trusting and she just like takes advantage of him and it made me so sad and I was just like well and he like says the line like had you told me I would have just raised this kid with you and it's like that's so fair and true and like I think Portia is a really interesting character but I don't like all the things she does and how like much she manipulates everybody because she doesn't really she doesn't play a huge role in the books and I think that it it creates a lot of drama by adding her in there yeah it's like she just spirals these characters I will say so she's far a out of control. Boss in the second season. <laughs> yeah. But she just it's like one antic after another and I think that made Marina into this like big villain that when yeah. we see her later on we're kind of like okay well like this girl is just a manipulative bitch, you know what I mean? And, like she's so mean to Penelope after Penelope like tried so hard to be her friend. And I think that's where like it's a little bit of a blurred line, but I still don't like what Penelope does and I think that that like all the stuff she does with her is like so fucked up and it's like just have a conversation and say yeah. like I have feelings for Colin. You know, like I've always had feelings for Colin and say that instead of being like, Colin's but she knows man. they had, she knows they had that she had feelings for her. Yeah, but it was like, like too late Ooh. at that point. Yeah, right? it was like, too late at that point. She's already figured it out. Right. But Pen- yeah, like Penn could have said that initially. She could have been like, instead of being like, he's a good man. It's like, no, I love him. And, yeah. and then Marina could have been like, well, he's never going to fall in love with you. Or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the bitch. <laughs> yeah. At that point. Yeah. And she's uh, like I said, Your she is to take her character. She, she is in the books. I think they do that for later on. <laughs> and then also Lord Featherington. So Lord Featherington is actually, he's already dead in the books, right? He doesn't get murdered. He's non-existent. There's no like, they don't get thrown into poverty because he has all of these, like these, uh, gambling debts or anything like that they're just kind of the featheringtons are known in the books as this like kind of awkward weird quirky family that has terrible taste in fashion and likes to gossip like that's that's just and they're kind of dumb right other than penelope like penelope's kind of the sweet one and the one that's a little smarter than the others but the rest of them are just kind of gossipy dumb dum-dums right they're they're an interest they did they definitely don't play as big of a part in the books as they do in the show and i think that's again for for dramatics right tv um but i will say i do i do like in the show that you get more backstory on other characters because obviously you don't get that in the books right because it's just going to be about the two love interests right didn't like how angsty they make anthony with his like love for this opera singer like i didn't like that I know why they set it up like that because he's like I'm not gonna marry for love and that's really like the big thing right and in his season is I'm not marrying for love I'm just marrying to like fulfill this list and find someone who's like would be a great fight like would look good right and just like be the perfect Viscountess or whatever so yeah yeah I think they changed a lot of the characters and again I think the show is much better than the book and like things are portrayed better and this I hope is how like the series will progress like I hope that I hope that Netflix takes it on for longer than like it's typical three four seasons I hope we go through like the whole thing because I think they're doing a really good job building this big world and like there's a lot of hype behind it and all that kind of stuff and I think they you know Shonda Rhimes does a great job creating these massive series right Grey's Anatomy and Station 19 and all these things that are just like 17 seasons long and we're still like enraptured so I hope that they continue with that and like it gets better but I think there was a couple things in the first of all I don't like the storyline so that really just like murders it all for me but I did like the show and I think the costumes are amazing they do such a good job with the makeup design and the hair and you know they do really set design is phenomenal like this is just set up so well and I I know that it's a high production like a high um 
a big budget budget production, but they do a really good job with what they have. And I think the characters yeah. are really well cast. Um, the only issue I have is with Penelope. I just, I don't see it as her as Lady Whistledown. And that's because we haven't gotten a lot of her in these first yeah. two books at all, you know? Mm -hmm. And they just make her out to be this yeah. person. And it's like, I, I think re-watching it, I had less of a grasp than I did like the first time around. I was like, oh, I kind of get it. And the second time I was like, yeah. I fucking hate this chick. <laughs> yeah, because you, again, you don't get anything until yeah books book, later right like three, and so probably the end of three the end of four books. right i know they are they are set i believe they are they are contracted to do four seasons at this point I netflix love loves I love to do that so though you know like they get four seasons in it and they're like we're done and it's like yep. there's the fandom is like still there so yeah fingers yeah. crossed i think i think they did a really great job um yeah so i know i think it was i think it was fine i think it was fine uh what was your so what were your, what are your final thoughts slash star rating? Maybe I'll just delete My that. final thoughts. Uh, my final thoughts slash star rating. So my star rating for the book, I'd say probably, I'm going to give it like a three, five, four, like I'll go three, seven, five. That's where I'm going to go. Right. Um, it's, it's, it's good. I really like it. I think um, after seeing the show, I have so much like when you read the book, right, you have this picture in your mind and then you watch the show. And so now when I go back and read the book and I'm like, oh, there's like not as much in the book as I remember there being. Right. And so um, because you get so much in the show, like you get so much background on other characters and things like that. And so I but I do I do love the book and I always love the series. I always will love the series. <laughs> it's very nostalgic for me. I love it. Daphne and Simon aren't my favorite couple by any means, right? They're, they're good. I think I did like Daphne more when I was reading the book. I like book Daphne better than I do show Daphne. And I think I like Simon, show Simon more than I like book Simon, but you do, like you said, kind of get their internal monologue, which is nice, but yeah. And then I would say shows definitely five, like what you're saying. I mean, just the casting is phenomenal and set designs and the, the, the character additions that they make, right? Like they're not just like, they don't like that makes sense. Right. And so they all make sense and they all play a, a great part. And even the things that they change a lot of times makes it more dramatic. Right. But, um, I, I really, I really, really, really enjoyed the show. So I, I'm going to give the five, the show a five for sure. Cause I think, I think they just did a phenomenal job adapting that book, staying, true to the plot, staying true to what happened in the book, but also making it like Shonda really just made it her own and just ran with it and did so great. I just, I love Shonda Rhimes too. So I was just like, I was so excited when I found out that they were um, making the show. I was so excited that one, they were making the show. And then I saw that Shonda Rhimes was producing it. I was like, this is the best day of my life. I'm, I'm excited for them to continue on with it. I think it's just going to get better with time so what about you i would give the book like a two seven five two and a half uh i didn't i it was painful to get through the end i was like genuinely struggling and i don't know if it's because like i think i have a really hard time with like if i watch the show before i read the book and i'm like very invested in the show and i really like it or i really like the movie and then going in and like seeing those differences and finding those differences that i start to get like well, I could just watch the show and like, like, I don't have to go through this whole like process, you know, like, here we go. Like I'm a reader. I love reading, but like, I think when I see it visually and then I have to, and then I go back and read it, I'm like, I just, it's not like I could just watch this and not, you know what I mean? I don't know if that sounds really weird, but it's just one of those things. Like 
Yes. Especially when the book is back, like the Hunger Games. Like, I'm never going to go back and reread those because I could just rewatch the movies and like it's the same experience for me, at least that's how it feels. So I have a really hard time with that. So I think that's where I struggled, especially towards the end, because I don't like the end of this the, of the season and I don't like the end of the book, um, just in where it goes and all that kind of stuff. So I like that there was big differences and things like that. But for me, yeah, the book was like, it was, it got, it got really painful towards the end to kind of finish it. And I think that it, it's just long, it's long winded book. It's 400 pages of like very small fonts, just like traipsing through society. And I was like, I'm done. Uh, and I was really annoyed that I spoiled it for myself without like knowing. So I think that like really just sent me over the edge. I was like, oh, it's probably a three. And then I was like, oh, okay, never mind. Two and a half, bitch. Just kidding. <laughs> Um, the show, I probably give like a four, like again, the casting and everything is phenomenal. I think they did such a good job producing it. They do a really good job bringing in the actor chemistry. I think like you get so emotional in those first few episodes where Daphne's falling in love with Simon and you want that. And you know, Anthony and, and the struggles he go through and you just like, you, you feel for Benedict and you're like this confusing time that he's going through and trying to figure out like who he is and what he wants out of life and stuff like that. And I think the queen is like such a dynamic character that they put in there. And I, I love the prince. And I and- cried when she has dinner with, with yeah. the king. I cried, like rip your damn heart out. Right. Yeah. Like they did such a good job. And like lady Danbury, like, I think she's such a good character. And I love that, that, that she makes this, you know, trope of women and they do poker night and you know, all that kind of stuff. So I think that she, they did a really good job with that. So I really like the casting and, and the way that they portrayed like all these characters and kind of changed them around a little bit. And I think they did a really good job bringing this world to life. So yeah, probably a four for me on that, but the book was, it was a no for me. <laughs> Struggled on the book. I was like, this is you just much. don't, you're not, like again, not like you said, you're like, I don't like historical romance. So that's probably part of it. Yeah. Too. Like this is definitely not my genre. And I think because I was like, I loved the show so much. I was super excited to read these. And then we got like, the meet cute and all that was like so fun. And I was like, oh, I wish I would have done this in a show. And then we kind of get yeah. to the point where they get to the duel. And I was like, all right, well, I'm done now. I'm just going to give up. And I could, I could stop reading and just be done. Cause I know what happens next, right? Like, you yeah. know, what's going to happen, right? They end up together. Huh? Congratulations. It's a I think romance it's- novel. Of course, you know, they end up together. And I was like having this conversation with someone else. I was saying like, I think I like rom-coms and like these animated cover, like romance, contemporary romance, because it feels like it's something that's real. And I don't mind just like, it's like, it's kind of like shit posting or like, you know, like watching garbage TV, like they're really well written. A ton of these are like some of my favorite books. I think they're so good, but it's one of that thing where it's sort of like a throwaway thing. Like this could happen in real life. I'm not looking for a fantasy element. Obviously they end up together. There's going to be some sort of turmoil. You know, the arc of the story, right? They get together. They probably hate each other. They might not hate each other. Then they get together. There's some sort of turmoil. They break up, they get back together at the end. Like every single romance book is like this. So it's like, there's no guessing. But then when I have to guess, like, are they allowed to hold hands in public or like glove on or off it's too much thinking for me and I'm just like (laughs) what are the rules of like feminism you know (laughs) where are we at with like the rules of society if I have to think that hard then like I'm done I'm like I'm not reading it you know what I mean I looked at fantasy for that for the rules like that's I looked I am willing to like like dive into a world if it's fantasy but if it's romance I'm like y'all better just like fall in love have some sort of like turmoil, break up, get back together and be done with it. And I want nothing else in between. And if the turmoil is that he kissed you in public, I'm out. <laughs> if it's a duel to the death, it's a no for me. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's, it's just not, it's not my bag of chips. No, I would like, you might like, you might like Julie Garwood though. It's very like, it's historical romance, but not in the like, they meet in court and they like, 
you know, um, get caught kissing or whatever, and they have to be married. It's usually like, (laughs) like with Julie Garwood, it's always like, Scottish Highlanders raiding something or whatever, or they like steal a bride or some shit like that. Like that, those are fun. I, those are, those have to be my favorite ones. Like I love Julie Garwood so much. Like I love her books, but, um, yeah, I, that's why I think I like Outlander because there's like war, you know, like they're, they're like plotting a revolution. Like, I think I can get into that because there's a lot of other things that going on in the background, but if Mm -hmm. it's like, the, the marriage season like I'm just reading about you all just like finding a man I'm out like I just it's not enough for there's nothing going on yeah. but like quirky dialogue and I was like this is a lot of pages for quirky dialogue <laughs> but I would uh this is like the one thing I'm hoping for this year I would like to read a book that I like and you hate because it never happens you either hate the same books as I do or you love all of them and I hate them like I want to find a book where you're like I didn't like this and I'm like oh really I love this because that's never happened I don't think so I don't think it has I don't think it has yeah that's my goal this year okay we'll we'll try to make it happen for you (laughs) I just want to find something that Kirsten doesn't like (laughs) yeah there's books that I didn't like but I also don't don't like like them them. (laughs) yeah 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 we have a lot of different feelings but usually it's me being very negative so I would like <laughs> I'd like someone else to be negative anyways yeah if you haven't watched Bridgerton on Netflix I definitely recommend it if you haven't yes. read the books they are great like Kirsten says they're a quick read uh if you like romance if you don't yeah they're painful <laughs> you need to pick up a Julie Garwood I yeah. think you would if you yeah, I, was, I think like, you would like staring hers. at my shelf the other day and I was yeah. like can I read this instead <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No, it was good. But yeah. Any final thoughts? Um, no, no. Um, we just started the month of April and our book club read for this month is dark skies. So it's the second installment in the dark shores series by Daniel Jensen. Um, yeah. Go, if you are interested in joining, go to the link tree in on our page and join the discord group. We have a lot of fun over there. It's a good time in the middle of the series right so next month it will be gilded serpent will be the um third book in the series if you haven't read dark shores and still want to join go there i mean there's you can read both of them right and come to the meeting <laughs> so i did discover this uh dark dark shores and dark skies happen at the same time so you could even tandem read them they're about like four different characters but they're all happening at the same time so if you want to tandem read them this would be the month to do it because we were talking about it at the end um and do that but it's pretty good yeah so if you guys haven't checked it out we do have a patreon um where all of our bonus content a little bit about behind the scenes and you get some fun gifts um depending on the tier that you guys join so if you guys want to um click the link in the show notes and go ahead and check that out we are doing lots of things on there so that's super duper fun um i think that's kind of all we've got for announcements yeah That's all we have. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of the week. Thank you for joining us in our coverage of Bridgerton season one, The Duke and I. Please join us next week for Bridgerton season two, The Viscount Who Loved Me. So we have lots of feelings about that season. I'm so excited to get into it. So yeah. Yep. Yep. (laughs) So stay tuned. Stick around. Everyone's binging it right this second. So yep. Yeah. Tune in next week. Thanks. Yep. Thank you guys. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Love you all. 
Thank you for listening to the Bookish Banter podcast this week. We would appreciate it if you would subscribe and leave a five-star review. Thank you once again, and we'll see you all next week.